0: This hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Now back to Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD, Channel 4, ESPN Tucson.
1: Hour number two of Spears and Ali here on ESPN Tucson. Presented by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Yeah. One hour in the books, Ollie. I love my uh
0: I love me some run DMC, but for our next guest uh I some, Beastie prob- Boys. some Beastie Boys probably would have been more appropriate. Yeah. We 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 failed
1: you, Andrew. We failed you. Yeah. Uh well, as long as it's not on my hands. It will I'll shoulder the responsibility here <laughs> by not playing Beastie Boys for our next guest, and that is Arizona men's basketball coach Tommy Lloyd joining Spears and Ali to begin hour number two. Tommy, how's it going?
2: You guys got me? You hear me clearly? Oh, oh, yeah. We can
1: hear you just fine. And
2: so, Okay, okay. Hey, first off, hey, let's just start off this. You guys are real for 2. Okay, not only on the lead in music, even though I do like Run DMC. I, I, I have mad respect for Run DMC. But then you guys also realize your, uh, your Mar- March moment. Was like one of the gut punches of my life, losing the national championship game to North Carolina. Wait, which,
1: wait what, what, what'd you say?
2: The greatest. Did, when you guys were they were like. Oh, really? I didn't, oh, hear, my that. Goodness. I didn't hear that. North oh. Carolina that's, comes back to the desert. Yeah. Wins the national championship. Beat 71 65.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Like, oh, okay, really? so we don't control wow. that, but well, that, we're that, we're is really, <laughs> that is a terrible start. That is <laughs> a terrible start. We own it.
2: Oh, my so, God. So, hey, so, hey. So You guys are playing with an 0-2 count right now. I know. One more, you know, and we'll have to cut this interview short.
0: Next thing you know, we're going to remind you of, like, your first love, how she broke up with you in junior high. I mean, that's like
2: (laughs) – Oh. Well, hey, that that was a good thing, though, you know, because that probably goes into the categories. Sometimes the best recruits are the ones you don't get, you That's know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's
1: right. Uh, Tommy Lloyd joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio, and uh, Tommy. Uh, so a lot of people uh, reached out to me on Friday because they saw your Sports Center interview, and they, when you were talking about your pickleball game, you you kind of dragged me in the process. You said you'd give me a free ass whoop. Now, with that being said, you're absolutely correct because I've never once played pickleball, so I I I'd give you pickleball, but You're a very passionate pickleball player. Well, first of all, that's
2: your fault. You should play. It's it's an amazing game. You should play. It's a ton of fun. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I don't know how I drug you into it because I think that comment was said offhand after a press conference, and the next thing I know, I'm getting interviewed by a good friend of mine, Neil Everett, and he throws that quote up there, and and I had no idea that that quote, because I'm not on the social media (laughs) stuff, so I had no idea that quote was actually floating out there in the Twitter sphere. So it kind of caught me off guard a little bit. So, um, yeah, I mean, no no disrespect um, to to you uh, when, 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 when you get drug into this, but, um, but I do enjoy pickleball. And, and uh, I think one of your earlier guests has been, you know, a victim of many of them ass whoopings and that's uh, Paul Volpe. Um, He's definitely been on the receiving end of a lot of those. So, uh, so we have a ton of fun playing and uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, one of my favorite things that I get to do.
0: You know, Tommy, if you ever play Justin, just know that his uh, what, what people say about him and his athletic prowess is he's short, but he's slow. I think he will be okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, there, there are – listen, pickleball is a humbling game because you honestly what, – what makes it cool is that, that, that there's a lot of great equalizers in the game, and, and a lot of older people can play with younger people, um, and, and it can be quite frustrating for some of us people who consider ourselves younger. So, uh, you know what, Jess, you probably have a ton kind of potential. You probably just need to get a paddle. You need to get out there. Let's do it. You'd all, and you need to start figuring it out.
1: How did you get involved in pickleball? What what inspired you to start playing it?
2: Well, you know, we honestly had been playing it for quite a few years, off and on, not, not very much at all. Um, but I just fell in love with the game, you know, up in the Northwest. It's kind of a really popular game up there. And, and we'd play it a lot of the lake in the summers. And, and, and to be honest with you, Coach Fuse really into it, like like more than me. And and I think he's a pretty good player, but he really really got into it these last few years. And and uh, I actually wasn't invited to play in the matches because he and I, you know, worked together for 22 years so closely. I think he felt like you know his extracurricular activities. He didn't want to be over there staring at me. Mm-hmm. So um, so so I actually didn't play much in Spokane. And then when we got down here. You know, my wife and I started picking it up again and, and playing a bunch. And, and, yeah, just having a ton of fun with it. And, yeah, it's a great social outlet, and I have a good group of guys I play with, a couple different groups, to be honest with you. And, and one of the groups is really good. Uh, our, our tennis coaches are pretty fun to play with. And and one guy who, I mean, he would be devastated if I didn't mention him is uh, Sean Pickle Miller. Um, it's, that's right. One of the guys I play pickleball with, his name is Sean Miller. Uh, and, and, and we and we play all the time, and uh, so, you know, uh, out of respect for the other Sean Miller, I call this guy Pickle, <laughs> and, uh, and and Pick, 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 pickle's a pretty good pretty good pickleball player. So we have a ton of fun.
0: You know, he's also the guy that's uh, our tennis pro on Tuesday nights with my group. So um, rest assured that 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 name will live in infamy infamy with him now. Pickle Miller, Pickle. Just, he's just yeah. Pickle.
2: Pickle, yeah. We, we we all call him Pickle, though. Yeah, for sure. That that's that's his nickname, and uh, he's earned it.
0: You know, Tommy, turning to the uh to the Arizona basketball team this year, like the end of the regular season is is now over. You're heading into the Pac-12 tournament and into March. And uh as my second favorite coach behind you always says is that every every team is its own story. It writes its own story. So just by looking at the regular season and not looking into what's going to what's ahead, what is what is the story of the 22-23 Arizona men's basketball team? <laughs>
2: I mean, I, I think it's a great story, and uh, you know these the, um, these seasons are hard, and and that's one of the reasons you know I actually I really do enjoy them. You know, it, it can be tormenting at times. You know, even even for us coaches, but uh, but you know you know obviously we we got off to a good start last year, and um, you know and and then you know we kind of had to rebuild the roster this year, and and I think we did a good job, and you know to to be I think what are we twenty five and six. And uh, pretty much ranked in the top 10 all season. I mean, I think it shows we're right there. I mean, we, you know, hey, we, we take the losses hard and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, having stepped great since that UCLA loss, you know, and and, and even, even knowing it was going to be a tough game, I mean, they're, they're obviously uh, a a really good team on a roll right now. And, you know, that, that day, I know many people say at Pauley Pavilion, not, not a, a great college basketball atmosphere on a night to night basis, but, I'll tell you what. Uh, Saturday night it was rocking. Yeah, I mean they're honoring the 50 year anniversary of the '73 national championship team, and you know who's who in LA was there, and their student body was out, and to honor those seniors, and uh, that they, they played, they played spirited and hard, and you know we kind of got off to a slow start in that second half, and you know when you're playing catch up to UCLA on the road, it's a a tough thing. So, uh, you know, but, but the overall story is good. I mean, I think we're right there. I think this team, you know, has, um, has has a ceiling that's going to, can allow it to, to win tournament games or, you know, hopefully make a run. But, you know, but I also understand that, you know, we've had a few nights where we, you know, haven't, haven't, you know, hit that ceiling. So, you know, where we have struggled. So, you know, we probably are vulnerable and, you know, on a night-to-night basis, can probably be beaten by any team that will be in that tournament. So, I mean, we we got to be on it, and uh, I'm looking forward to the challenge. You know, starting this Thursday at the Pac-12s, and and um, you know, and, and a lot uh, to how your story's going to feel overall is going to depend on how you do these next few weeks. And and uh, I love tournament basketball. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's it, it's fascinating it's fun you know everything single elimination and uh and you know you're hey you're I mean you know my wife are still on a high from last night from watching our son who plays at NAU you know they won on a, a a buzzer beater to beat the number one seed in their conference you know uh in the tournament so so these tournaments are exhilarating so uh they're fun to be a part of and uh you know I've been fortunate to be on a lot of the positive sides of these tournaments and uh I'm hoping we can do the same here these next couple of weeks. How many buzzer beaters has your son
1: been a part of at NEU this year? I feel like the Lumberjacks have like five games this year where it ends it, on the buzzer
2: Uh it, it's been a bunch. I mean we'd have to go through it and uh I mean they're, they're gonna be able to write a book on end the game scenarios and, <laughs> uh, and, and and hanging in there and and uh you know and they've been on the losing side of some of those so but I'm really proud of, of my son and, and his teammates and their coaching staff for for hanging in there. I mean, they, you know, they, they took ninth out of maybe what, 10 or 11 teams or something in their conference. Yeah. And, you know, they're they they, they, they they're not that bad and then they you get to the tournament you win the playing game and your reward is you get to play the number one seed and the number one seed is Eastern Washington who's had a heck of a season in the big sky and, and they played a tough all game. I mean, they had a lead a lot of the game and then kind of lost the lead at the end but then just, you know, hung in there and made a couple huge plays down the stretch and, I mean, they had a freshman hit a, you know, 35-footer. I mean, the moment it left his hand, you're like, I, I think it's got a chance, yeah. and uh, he made it. And they went crazy, and uh, so you know, he Facetimed us a few minutes after the game. And I mean, they're 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 riding a high, which you know, it, it's exciting. Yeah. So yeah, they've had they've had they've had a tough year, but uh, but you know, hanging in there, and, and that's what it's all about.
1: Going back to your team, Tommy. A lot of people were wondering how Azulis Tabelas would bounce back this week. And he put together two double doubles look great against USC and UCLA. How important was it for him to have this kind of weekend going into the postseason?
2: Well, I mean, you know, I mean, there's no secret for, for, for us to be good. He has to play well. And, and, you know, he, he had a, you know, I guess just a little bit of a, uh, I guess an ebb, so to speak, you know, during the season, which, which happens, you know, and, uh, and then people might make too big of a deal out of it. And uh, you know, if you just look over the course of a thirty game season, you know, good players are gonna have a week or two and they don't play well and uh and do have that, but he bounced back and you know, you, you could just see, you know he bounced back and he played well early in those games and he got off to a good start and and uh and gave us a chance, you know, and, and, and I thought you know, we probably thought we played really well Thursday as a team. You know, at SC and uh, in a game, you know, I mean, there's a lot on the line, really. I mean, you lose that game, you take third, not second, you know, and then you hit them on. We all want to, you know, take as close to first as possible. So, I mean, so both teams were putting it out on the line and he came out and he was the best player on the floor. And, and, uh, you know, in Saturday, I think he got off to a good start and played well. We just got to find a way to, you know, keep him involved in the game more. I mean, I thought UCLA did a pretty good job of kind of try to take him out a little bit and we have to have a little more conviction to keep him in the middle of the action.
0: You know, Tommy, one of the things from like an outside observers point of view that I've really appreciated about you is you really kind of try to coach each player based on their own personal attributes and and, uh, you know, what resonates with them. And speaking of that. You know, we had a we have a really highly rated recruit, and Kylan Boswell come in, and you didn't just throw him into the fire. You kind of developed him over time to now where he's playing major minutes in really important games. Can you talk a little bit about the maturation and development of Kylan?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Kylan is obviously a talented basketball player, and you know, and, and you know, had Kylan stayed in high school this year, I mean, he would have been a McDonald's All American, and he would have gotten all the accolades. Um, and, and you know, to be honest with you, that was kind of the plan because I did, you know, they they committed to us pretty early, and to the point where we were able to have a lot of conversations to see what this year looked like. And you know, I, I was, you know, I, I was hopeful he would come to us early. I thought that he would be ready. Um, And you know, I made my pitch, and they didn't buy it. So, so they they were still going to come to Arizona, but they wanted to wait one more year. And then, you know, over the course of the summer, I mean he had a big summer plan with EYBL and, and he was gonna be on the US national team playing the under seventeen World Championships. He broke his foot and then they kinda of came back at us and said, Hey, you know, we don't know what this looks like, how long it's gonna take and uh you know, to get ready and you know, maybe maybe would it still be possible for him to come to you guys and you know, maybe not even play much and just and just rehab it and and, and so you know we, we we went over that with him and and then so he ended up shows, showing up early. You know he was he's a great student. That's the other thing. You know, so he pretty much was you know academically qualified and ready to come. And so yeah, we we brought him in early and I just told Kylin I said hey, you know, kind of I'm not really going to coach you much this you know first few months. I'm just going to kind of let you ease your way back into it, come off this foot injury and and just get a feel for what practices like this level and. You know, just kind of the day-to-day rhythms. I, di- I didn't want to put too much on his shoulders, to be honest with you. Yeah. And then, you know, I told him, okay, you know, hey, you know, we get to, you know, you know, January first, you know, I'm going to start coaching you. And uh, and so he got a few opportunities early, and you know, you know, had, he maybe did, had a good thing or two, but had some struggles. And what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to, you know, make him feel the weight of the world on his shoulders because this kid had never really struggled. And um, I wanted him to taste it a little bit, a little success, a little struggle, and then kind of back off and just have him keep observing. And then you know, come January one, we started coaching him. And then you know, and then he, he he's, you know had some good games. You know, had had some you know mistakes and things like that, which are part of the process. And then I told him February first, I'm going to start coaching you like a real basketball player, not like a 17 year old. I wanted to take away the excuse like oh, he's doing great, you know, for a young guy, you know, I mean, I, I wanted to take, I just wanted to, I'm going to coach you like a real basketball player, like with high standards and like, like I need you to be an all-conference player in the future, because that's what we, that's our plan for him, and and so, uh, yeah, I mean, he's really come on, I mean, to see him play the way he did this weekend, and I know this, I know our, his teammates are comfortable with him out on the field, you know, which says a lot for him as a kid, you know, and he, he really brings it at both ends of the floor, and and, you know, what excites me is the progress he's making, but, you know, the the progress that is still there to be gained. And um, and, and I think, you know, heading into this offseason, he's going to make a tremendous jump. I think he can be one of the better players in college basketball next year.
0: You know, Tommy, this year and recently, I've heard you utter the phrase, day by day, paycheck to paycheck, long neck to long neck. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: when you say that... I'm supposed to
2: retire that quote, by the way. <laughs> yeah.
0: What, That's a great quote? What, what do you what do you conveying to your team when you when you utter sentiments like that?
2: Well, I mean, I, I think you really do have to stay day to day in this deal, and, and, and it's easy to get out ahead of yourself, and you know, especially as coaches, you know, you're 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 planning and you're taking your team on this journey, and you know, well, if we do this, and this is coming up, and and then we can do this, and then we're right there to do that, you know. Um, you know, I, I think you got to take a step back, and you got to understand you're dealing with with young athletes who, in this new age of social media and, and and just the scrutiny that they're under, and you just have to let them know that you know this is about what you do on a day to day basis, and it's how you approach things on a day to day basis, and and you know you're you're fighting for little victories each day, and and so, you know, I, I coach like that to be honest with you. I'm not a guy that's out, you know. Planning way ahead, and you know, sometimes I, I, I wish I would, you know, but but I, I don't, I don't just think that's who I am, and and I don't think that takes your team on its authentic journey, because there are so many things that pop up, you know, over the course of a basketball season that you know you you, you couldn't predict, and um, and then you know, out of respect for your opponents, I mean, you know, your opponents really challenge you. I mean that. I mean that's what it's all about. So you know they're they're bringing different things to the table every game. So you know it's so hard to script how things are going to go in basketball, and, and the game's not a scripted game. You know it's a, it, there's a, so much flow to it and so much you know I guess I would just say overlap. You know from offense to defense to all this stuff. That I really think that the the most effective way is just staying kind of locked into those moments and uh, planning a practice each day, putting together a game plan each game and, and trying to execute it. So, you know, I mean, right now we're looking at Thursday, we're either going to play Utah or Stanford. Mm -hmm. We have six losses. Two of those six losses are against those two teams. So, you know, it's on. And so we're going to have to do the best job we can preparing for two teams. And then, you know, Wednesday night, we'll figure out who we play and then, and then, you know, we'll have Wednesday night and Thursday morning to tighten up a game plan, and and then, you know, you go out Thursday night and get ready to let it rip.
1: Tommy Lloyd, Arizona Wildcats basketball coach, joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. Arizona getting ready for the Pac-12 tournament. They'll face either Stanford or Utah on Thursday. Tommy, thank you for your time, and best of luck to you and your team in Las Vegas. Okay,
2: thanks, guys. Justin, you let me know when you want to play.
1: I'm down. Yeah. Let's do it. As long as we can
0: videotape <laughs> oh, it, it's going to be absolutely a promo. Oh, well,
2: whoa, well, hey, hey, hey! Some some things aren't meant to see, be seen on TV. Yeah, <laughs> oh, me this, playing pickleball this, is this, one of them. This might be one of those.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, thank you.
2: All right, guys, thank you. See you in
1: Vegas. All right, don't, don't go anywhere. That was great, man. Tommy Lloyd, uh, Friday's finest. Uh, check check one <laughs> right there, baby. All right, don't go anywhere. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be
0: right back
1: on 1490 AM
0: ESPN Tucson.
1: You're listening to Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. We got a four-pack of tickets for a Tucson Roadrunners home game, which we will be giving away here in the next 10 or 12 minutes. So make sure you stay tuned for your chance to win those tickets. And by the
0: way, you left out the most important part of that. What's that? Winners can pick any home game. Any home game. In this this season. So it's not like it's a particular date. You can make it work with your schedule. Mm -hmm. Because that's how accommodating we are here at Spears and Ali.
1: Absolutely. Well, sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, uh, Ali. So we just had pickleball champion, Arizona basketball coach Tommy Lloyd. He's the the best, man. I mean, uh,
0: you know, two things can be true. Right. I don't believe in absolutes. I really appreciate what Sean Miller, not pickle Sean Miller, but Sean Miller did for Arizona basketball. I like him very much. I love his family. And um, I really love Tommy Lloyd and I love what he's done for Arizona basketball. And he's got a great family. And man, to have a to have his son. Uh, be part of so many buzzer beaters at NAU. I know he had one where he hit one like a buzzer beater, and there was like 0. .4, and they just did this home run thing, and the yeah. other team won. But how great! It, how great is that? Uh, I mean, all I know is my son has been a manager under both head coaches, and I am very uh, appreciative of the opportunity he's had to work with. I think two really, really good men.
1: Did you say that Tommy Lloyd's son, Liam Lloyd, hit a game winner with 0. .4 seconds left on the yeah. clock?
0: Yeah, something like that, yeah.
1: There's Derek Fisher and Liam Lloyd. <laughs> that's right, that's right, yeah, that's right, that's but, right. But man, a great interview, yeah. definitely
0: going to replay that on Friday. Certainly. And I'm,
1: I'm looking forward to
0: uh, uh, really some really good basketball in Vegas from this team. Uh, I really think that, I think Coach, I mean, when I saw Jamal Wilkes, uh, I think it was the 73 team that they were honoring at UCLA. When I saw Jamal Wilkes join Bill Walton, uh, and I'm like, oh, Jamal Wilkes is there? Oh, man, this is going to be a tough game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Laker fans know Jamal Wilkes. Great. Number 52. I could have. He could have been my, my guy this year.
1: Oh, you're I, Jamal Wilkes here. Yeah, yeah. The,
0: the year of Mike Webster. I just turned 52. I was really thinking maybe Jamal Wilkes, but... Um, yeah, I mean UCLA Poly Pavilion was rocking. It's not normally like that. They have got a lot of energy. I mean Arizona came out really strong, but you know UCLA, you got to give them credit, man. They just kept just kept methodically playing their game, and yeah. they got a lead, and uh, and their defense was, was was really good Saturday night. So I think it's going to be one of those games that Arizona having that amount of pressure and that kind of environment is only going to help them in the future. And and you know like like always Las Vegas is going to be very pro-Arizona, and uh, I think that our team is going to get a boost from that. So let's hope we get to round three, Arizona-UCLA in Las Vegas on
1: Saturday. Well, that round three is going to be epic because you got Arizona playing against them in front of all the fans, like you said. And I think UCLA would love to double down on Arizona, right? Because they beat him in, in McHale Center earlier this year. This is a rubber match.
0: No, Arizona it,
1: beat. UCLA. Arizona beat UCLA yeah, earlier in McKale sure, Center this yeah. year, so that's what I'm saying. Like, well, this is the rubber match.
0: Let me let me take because I know you have journalistic integrity. For those that don't listen to you in the morning, and you can't <laughs> pretend like you have to pretend like you're not an Arizona fan. You're Rupert the reporter, and he's got a he's got a hat with a propeller on it that spins when he's really being showing journalistic integrity. But as a unabashed Arizona fan at Homer, I want to double down <laughs> on UCLA. Yeah, you're right. Because I think UCLA, who hasn't won the Pac-12 in 10 years and uh, lost three straight to Arizona until Saturday, I think I think they're given a little bit more credit than they're entitled to. I think Arizona's a better team, and I think doubling down on UCLA will only inert to Arizona's benefit as they get seated in March. Absolutely. You like my Luther Vandross voice, by the way.
1: It is. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I board. like morning voice, Ollie. Yeah. It's 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 very soothing to the ears. Women, like I said, it's like if bourbon had a voice. That's it'd be, it'd boy, be Ollie Farhang. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a good bourbon too. <laughs> like blue label? Yeah, but it's from Kentucky. It's definitely from Kentucky. Some good Kentucky bourbon.
1: <laughs> yeah. A little smash. But Arizona now goes into the postseason. How do you how do you feel about this team overall, though, Ollie? Because you know, they have shown some flaws. I mean, they've had some bad losses this year, right? That loss to Stanford, that was an ugly loss. The Washington State home loss. Um they've also lost to Utah. Utah's a, a good team this year. Uh, but you look at the Pac-12 tournament bracket and the two teams that they have to face on Thursday, well, they'll face the winner of the game on Wednesday, but it's Stanford and Utah, two teams that Arizona lost to earlier this season. So Arizona's not going to have any issue getting up for that game on Thursday. But we've seen some bad losses this this year. We've also seen some good things out of this Arizona team. We've seen them beat Tennessee. We've seen them beat UCLA in ugly fashion. That's the the thing that I, whenever I think about the regular season, with Arizona, what stands out to me is the number of ways in which they've won. We've seen them put up 90 points and win games. We've also seen them put up 58 points and win a basketball game against a top five team in UCLA. So when it's all said and done, I think that this Arizona team has so much potential. I think that they can kind of adapt to whatever style is is thrown at them. But they really got to get a little bit of a boost from guys like Courtney Ramey. And Cedric Henderson in the postseason. This is why they came to Arizona to play in the NCAA tournament, to play in March Madness, and be the veterans on a on a team that has a lot of really good potential and talent. And I think that Courtney Ramey probably he played his worst game at Arizona on Saturday against UCLA. But hey, it's good to get this out of the way going into the postseason i got to be honest with you, Ollie. as much as, you know, Arizona has shown weaknesses this year, I still like the potential of this team and what they can do.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting for how much lack of parity there is in college football. You know, it's like basically five schools that can play for the national championship and everybody else. The parity in college basketball is incredible. And this team is as good as anybody uh, from all the college basketball I've seen this year. And I think I've been saying this since... uh, you know, since right after Maui. You know, and don't forget about those wins. When the lights are on, this team plays its best. And from here on out, the lights are not going to be brighter. Uh, they're really good with revenge games. Like you mentioned, they lost to Utah. They lost to Stanford. They also beat them. But they, yeah. they're they really good. This is a great chip-on-their-shoulder team. And I think they get that from their point guard, Kirk Creasa. When this team plays with a chip on his shoulder, they're at their absolute best. And I think... I think they're going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder from here on out. I think the lights are going to be really bright. And so I'm excited to watch this team in March because I think they're going to do really well. And, uh, you know, I think that, like, uh, you know, I think Paul Volpe mentioned it. These guys really like each other. They're a close-knit team. Um, they can, they're can they grinders. They can grind. They can beat you uh, with a fast-paced game. They can beat you with a defensive slug slugfest. They're multidimensional. They're a really good team. Yeah and three words why not us because like you looked at uh, the games this weekend you know texas killing kansas how many upsets do we have in the top 25 we've had more number one teams lose this year in college basketball than ever before the record of top 20 teams losing to unranked teams is as is as lopsided as ever been before so um Every game is going to be a struggle in the tournament. We're going to. This is going to be a really bonkers tournament. You're going to see a lot of upsets, I think. Uh, but I, like, just to answer your question again, Justin, I'm very excited and I'm very bullish on this team. Yeah,
1: and I'll, I'll, I'll end it on this. I think that it was so important for Azulus Tubelis to have a bounce back weekend, even though Arizona lost to UCLA and Azulus Tubelis. Ultimately lost the Pac-12 Player of the Year award, right? That's probably going to go to Jaime Jaquez at some point tomorrow whenever the awards are announced. But... Do the winners go the spoils? I think that Azulus Tubelas coming out, having 25 points, 10 rebounds against USC, 24 points, 10 rebounds against UCLA, back-to-back double doubles when we were starting to doubt Azulus Tubelis. And you remember how last year ended for the Arizona Wildcats. So much potential with those three NBA players. But a big storyline from it was how Azulis Tubellis just completely evaporated in the NCAA tournament. In those two games, against TCU and against Houston, that game against Houston was awful for Azulis Tubellis. And he took that personally, took it into the summer, worked his butt off, got tougher. But then he hit a wall there at the end. I mean, when they Arizona lost to Stanford, four points, got into foul trouble. And then after that, the few games after that, people or Azul Stubelis didn't play well, especially on the defensive end. You remember Tommy Lloyd last weekend was subbing Azul Stubelis in and out for defensive reasons. Yeah. And so for him to bounce back against the L.A. schools and have this kind of weekend, I think Arizona fans kind of took a deep breath because for a little while there they were worried, oh my goodness, Azul Stubelis is here in March form. Like last year, Our Arizona's best player is disappearing. Yeah, and it was a
0: little bit different,
1: though. Now, now he, him, him bouncing back, I think, was a very good sign. I,
0: I I agree with you, but I don't think he hit a wall or anything like that. I think it was a little, he was a little discombobulated, and it all had to circle around foul trouble. Uh, it was for two of the three games. And then ASU, I think someone asked that excellent question, and Coach Lloyd said, there's no excuse. It seemed like he was doing everything he could not to touch the guy he was guarding, so he wouldn't get into foul trouble. Yeah. So... I, he's he's going to be fine. This team is good. And, uh, you know, again, one of the things is if Umar Balo and Azula Stabellas play their game, as they have all year, you couple that with the backcourt and how much they've improved, uh, this team is going to be formidable in March.
1: All right, now time for the giveaway. We have a four-pack of tickets to any Tucson Roadrunners home game this season. If you want these tickets, first caller at 719 1490 caller number one, getting those Tucson Roadrunners tickets. Coming up next on Spears and Ali, let's take a look around the NBA and discuss that crazy Phoenix Suns-Dallas Mavericks matchup. Stay tuned. More Spears and Ali coming up next.
0: You told me the real ones know. Who are the real ones? And you counted yourself as a real one. Real ones, what? Who are the real ones? Real, real ones. Real Arizona fans. So you are a real Arizona no, fan.
1: No, <laughs> I am not.
2: I am
1: not. You got it. Done. You I I rest my case, Your Honor. We are almost done with our first morning show of Spears and Ali. Yeah. 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN Tucson. Do
0: you think now that we've gotten the first show in the books, we can stop calling it uh, Spears and Ollie in the morning? Because it's clearly the morning. Well, like, yeah, of
1: course. But I mean... gotta... <laughs> <laughs> it's just so cool, man.
0: It's so freaking cool. I know, man. I, I don't want to detract from your uh, your excitement, but I, I will start giving you crap about it. So. No, we got to just do it for the first show. Okay, that's it, right?
1: Yes, and then once it's over with, it's the honeymoon phase is over with. We're in there like swimwear.
0: And then people can call in and just start, like, really criticizing and judging us. Yeah. After
1: today. Yeah.
0: Right. You need to do, like, a little song, like, Spears and Ali in the morning. Hi, it's (laughs) 10.02 here in Tucson, Arizona. (laughs) 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 Temperature is 74
1: degrees. Clear skies ahead. (laughs) Nothing like that. The typical morning radio show host. You know what I love that we're the new kids on the block? Uh, because we have a bunch of people coming by our studio and looking in the window like we're animals at the zoo.
0: Nobody knows who we are. There's a whole nother population at the ESPN studios in the morning. I drove up at like, I got here at 6 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, what is happening? Who the hell are you, there, people? There's cars. Every, every space has got a car in it. Was there a party last night and everybody Ubered home? That was my initial thought. But no, there's... They're like, it's funny. People are just kind of like, who are you? And I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm. it's uh, Spears and the other
1: guy. I'm the other guy.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm Oates. I'm <laughs>
1: baby. It's like going to a new school and just meeting all new people. I know. But you know, We're... one of the
0: other benefits, though, is because they do a lot of potlucks here and, like, a lot of breakfast and stuff. And what, by the time we get here in the afternoon, it is all gone, right? Yeah. Because the people that work here are savages. And... This now is to true. Be able to, to be able to actually you get, know, get a
1: fresh bagel, maybe have a bagel,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah that's, that'd be awesome, right? Don't have
1: a half-eaten donut? Yeah,
0: three-day-old donut holes? No, thank you. Yeah. I, you know. So anyway, it's gonna be—it's an interesting dynamic. I'm as excited as you. I think it's gonna be great.
1: All right, Ali, let's uh, talk some sports, shall we? Because yeah, we are a sports talk show. We might as well. NBA had a wild weekend. Uh, of course, we saw last night the. Boston Celtics New York Knicks game. How about that great double game. overtime thriller? Knicks Knicks Frisky man.
0: They're playing good basketball since January one. One of the top three records in the NBA.
1: Emmanuel quickly, damn good guard. Yeah. Um. The Knicks are Frisky's one way of putting it. They're Frisky. They're, they don't have star power, right? When you think of the Knicks, I mean their star is Julius Randle. Well, they got, he, Jalen Brunson's playing. J- Jalen basketball. Brunson's good, but I mean
0: yeah. they're not Bear stars. Good. Yeah. They're
1: not star stars. But they're pretty good.
0: They're, okay, well, seem seemed like they're pretty good. They're stars to me. They're one of the best at what they do in the world. So they're pretty True. good. And they took it to Boston. I mean, Boston, after that embarrassing loss to Brooklyn a couple of days earlier, I thought they were going to come out and play just inspired basketball. But the Knicks just took it to them.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the, the big game yesterday was the first matchup between Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving since both those guys left the Brooklyn Nets. And the Phoenix Suns got the win, 130 to 126. Uh, The Suns are four and one since All Star break, and they're three and zero with Kevin Durant. KD on 12 for 17 from the field, 10 for 11 from the free throw line. He finished with 37 points, and then Devin Booker had 36 points and 10 assists. DeAndre Ayton with a near double double, nine points and 16 rebounds, and then you have Chris Paul with 11 points seven assists, and six rebounds. So from the the four... And what about the fifth beetle? Oh, Josh Akoji? Yeah. uh, Nine points, Josh. two steals. uh, Okie dokie. On on three for 13 from the field, 0 for 8 from three-point range. So he could have played a lot better, but He plays exactly
0: what they need. He plays pretty greedy defense. And, you know, he has... Every other game, he has a pretty good game.
1: If you want to call into the show, by the way, 719-1490 is the phone number, 719-1490.
0: By the way, we had an Anthony Davis sighting yesterday.
1: Yeah, AD playing well.
0: He play. Yeah, man. Is there anybody that you uh, cringe at more when they fall to the floor? Like, oh my God, is he hurt again?
1: Like... What did Reggie Miller say last week? Every time Anthony Davis fall, uh, grimaces. That's three to four weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like he spends more time on the floor than the logo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the big news re- regarding the NBA this past weekend, Ollie, is the situation with John ja Morant, Memphis Grizzlies guard who was shown on Instagram Live, he went on his social media accounts over the weekend, went live, and was at a club in Denver and was shirtless, flashing around a gun. And the NBA came down, and they're investigating it. The Memphis Grizzlies actually suspended Ja uh, for the the time being. So he's going to be away from the team. And Ja Morant released a statement, said that he... It takes full responsibility for his actions, and he needs to find other ways to cope with with stress and anxiety. Which I found very than inc- carrying a gun in a strip club. Which, which I oh, found, on social media. Which I found very interesting. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. oh, I'm so stressful that I need to go to a strip club, and I need to go on Instagram Live, and I'm gonna flash around this gun. Oh, I'm just so stressed. I, when I looked at John Moran, I, I didn't look at him like. Man, that is one stressed out individual. Yeah. So.
0: And the gun was like, a, like a, one of those little pop up guns from like the 1840s, right? That the uh, the dancing girls had in their and <laughs> <laughs> their lingerie or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's like it, a gun from Men you know, in What's black. really disappointing is, you know, John Morant was a not a highly recruited kid coming out of high school. Ended up going to Murray State Racers. Yes, you got that. Um, that's the mascot, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And. Uh, you know he was a feel-good story. I mean, he built himself up. He got picked in the top ten of the draft, and then he started becoming like the younger generations, like one of their favorite players to watch. Exciting, what was considered a humble kid. And so when you see like an incident like this, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna crush the kid. Everybody makes mistakes. I hope he learns from it. But it's just disappointing when you, when you have a perception of a kid that built himself up to be one of the best players in the NBA. That's uh, the, the. Uh, uh, a role model to so many young kids to yeah. do something stupid as post, you know, why are you put your phone away, man? You want to yeah. go to strip club? Fine. I, I prefer you not to carry a gun in it. Usually there's metal detectors. Heard it from a friend and <laughs> but
1: like posting it on social media. This is dumb, but it, they were traveling. The Grizzlies were on the road and they were in Denver. So if that's John Moran's gun, how did that end up in Denver? Which means that he brought it on him or he brought it with him on the team plane.
0: Okay, now we're and, jumping to conclusions. Maybe, but maybe but but, but the but the
1: NBA has very yeah. very strict rules when it comes to guns in locker rooms. Thanks to Gilbert Arenas, yeah. team planes. So if the NBA finds out that John Morant's just carrying a gun with him at all times. I mean, he could be facing a very serious suspension here. Yeah. And Paul Pierce tweeted yesterday. I understand why John Morant is carrying around a gun. I was stabbed 11 times. I needed to always carry a gun with me for protection. But And so he actually like kind of defended John Moran. He's like, I stand with John. That's different. Having a gun for protection and keeping it on you because you feel like you need to have that level of security on you, that's completely different than going on Instagram Live and flashing it in front of everyone. And you have so many kids who look up to you. And they uh, they want to be like you. And if you're giving off that message, it's just it's not a good look. Listen, if you want to have the gun, that's great. By all means, knock yourself out. But don't be flashing on Instagram Live. Because yeah. now now you're hurting your brand and you're honestly disappointing a lot of people. So don't defend Jaw in this case. Listen, if he wants to have a gun, that's fine. But don't be acting like this wannabe hoodlum. The man went to a freaking private high school. Yeah. Like, he's actually Papa Doc from 8 Mile. Yeah,
0: he went to Cranbrook. He went to
1: Cranbrook. That's a private school. Yeah. John Morant, I, I don't know why he's trying to give off this image of something that he's not. Yeah. And when you get this kind of money, when you get to this level, usually you shy away from that kind of stuff. And John Morant, for some reason, seems to be backpedaling. Yeah. And that's very disappointing because, man, incredible story. Love his basketball skills. I think... He means well. I don't know why he's acting like this. Yeah. But. And uh,
0: you know, Plaxico Burris is like, Yeah, man, that could have been worse.
1: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Plexico Burris. Good Uh, old Plexico. Plexico. Yeah, you just shoot yourself (laughs) with his own gun. Like Cheddar Bob. Speaking of eight miles. Cheddar Bob, yeah. All right, coming up next on Spears and Ali, we got one last segment of today's show. If you want to call in for last call, 719 1490 is the phone number. 719 1490. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Spears
0: and Ali in the morning.
1: Spears Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali.
2: We'll be right back
1: on 1490 AM
0: ESPN Tucson.
1: Final segment of today's Spears and Ali. Thank you to our amazing guests Paul Volpe, Paul Diaz, and Arizona Men's Basketball coach Tommy Lloyd for joining us. If you missed any of today's show, you can go to the Spears and Ali podcast located wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, rate and comment. Apple, Spotify, Audible, you name it. Great show today, buddy. Yeah. Awesome first day on the morning shift.
0: I agree, man. A lot of fun. Ready to tackle the
1: rest of the day. You had the whole day to do whatever you want, Ali. It's weird. Isn't that great? It's so weird. Yeah. I like it. It's going to be a. Weird transition, but I I think it's gonna be a, a good one. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited it, for it. I'm but. excited
0: for you to do the show by yourself tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> See you on Wednesday, but uh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's great. It's uh, I think it's gonna be great, and uh, I'm I'm really proud of you, man. Um, thank you. And uh, your uh your ascension at the Arizona Daily Star, which isn't quite official yet, but uh, hopefully, and I'm and I'm guessing it will be yeah. uh, with you being the beat reporter for Arizona football, and uh, I think you're gonna do a great job. And uh, look forward to maybe talking to Coach Fish.
1: Hopefully we get Jed on the show Yeah. during spring ball or during preseason training camp. And spring ball starts coming up here in about a week. I'm excited. Next for Tuesday. Football.
0: I mean, what Coach Fish has done uh, to turn this program around is nothing short of miraculous. I mean, yeah. one in 24 and be able to recruit like that, bring in the caliber of players he has, the caliber of coaches, Um there is now hope with Arizona football and, uh, you know, all, all credit to Coach Fish and the, the people he put around him.
1: Ali, before we go, I just want to hear from your perspective how this past weekend went as a conquistador. So we all know about the 2023 Coligar Classic being played at Omni Tucson National for the last time. Next year, it's going to be going to La Paloma Country Club, yeah. which very interesting. I've never actually been to the La Paloma Country Club golf courses. There's... Three of them, nine whole courses, designed by legendary golfer Jack Nicklaus. That's something that I learned uh, this weekend. But the Kuligar Classic uh, raises money for youth, also raises awareness for colon cancer screening. It's a great event. It's one of my favorite events here in town every single year. Uh, Conquistadors do such a great job organizing it, putting it all together. From your perspective as a conquistador, what did this year mean to you?
0: I mean, it was magnificent, man. And, uh, you know, you see you see certain people, like, rise to the occasion. And, uh, you know, there's some definite MVPs in that group. I mean, Paul Volpe is one of them. A guy named Andrew Stanbeck. You've probably seen his uh, porta-potties all over. Uh, he owns that company. Guy's freaking stud, rock of this tournament. Uh, Phil Drackman, JV Nyman, the tournament chairman, um, to Josh Robinson, the past chair. I mean, I could go on and on of... Uh, Stephen Eddie running drinks up and down to every every cabana. It was great, man, and and to see guys to be able to adjust. I mean, it snowed on Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Thursday morning, we had a pro am. Being able to adjust and making sure that the golfers that paid for that pro am were able to play, and um, you know, the wind on Wednesday afternoon, but beautiful weather on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Great crowds, uh, great just it was. A community that celebrates together, thrives oh, okay. together. Tucson was thriving uh, this weekend.
1: And it was great to see a dramatic finish there at the end. You oh, know, yeah. D- David Toms, Robert Carlson, and Steve Stricker, that was the final group of the Kuligar Classic. And David Toms consistently had a two- to three-shot lead in the final round, but then got in some trouble. Robert Carlson, he had a successful fairway shot uh, uh, off the tee box, and then... David Toms goes, and his ball trickles into the water, and Robert Carlson just missed the birdie putt, which probably would have went turned it into a playoff. But then David Toms had an up and down for bogey and was able to to win the tournament. But man, it got dramatic there at the end, and David Toms only wins by one shot. Yeah, Every shot matters in golf, and it was great to see they right there at the end, uh, some, some dramatic finishes. So. And
0: Robert Carlson played great. I mean, he, he stuck it on 16. I thought it was going in uh, on, on Saturday. So
1: great tournament. Uh, the,
0: the Champions Tour guys could not be cooler. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, being able to spend time with them. The, the, really the great thing about the tournament is you get such an up-close and personal uh, experience as a fan. So really looking forward to uh, it going to La Paloma next year. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. I think change is good, and the change is going to provide a lot of opportunities to take the golf tournament even to the next level. So uh, get your tickets now at uh, com.
1: That'll do it for this episode of Spears and Ali. In the morning. In the morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to listen to the Tommy Lloyd interview from earlier in the show, go to the Spears and Ali podcast. Excited for tomorrow's show because we have ESPN national radio host, Freddie Coleman, Man. calling in at 725. And then state champion, one of the Borgay siblings, Rylan Borgay, is joining us at 825. Oh, she's the ultimate state champion. Absolutely. Well,
0: she's got more championship rings than fingers.
1: Yeah, no kidding. That'll do it for this episode of Spears and Ali. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Love you, buddy.